Hi, everybody. This is Nancy Miller from My Creative Life, the podcast about creatives, how and why they make their artwork. And today I have Monica Rodriguez, who is in Puerto Rico with me. Um, And actually, I'm not in Puerto Rico. I probably wish I was in Puerto Rico, everybody. But um, she is a very talented animator. And I happened to take an animation class with her at um, SCAD. Hi, Monica. How are you doing today? Doing good. (laughs) How are things in Puerto Rico? It's pretty sunny, uh, not much going on. It's a very calm Saturday morning. Oh, I just imagine Puerto Rico just being beautiful. I worked before I was an art teacher, I worked at a magazine um, related to diving and traveling. And we would get these beautiful photographs from Puerto Rico from the um, scuba diving there. Yeah, yeah. We're pretty much known for scuba diving and surfing and every beach sport, really. Nice. Well, can you tell the audience a little bit more about yourself? Well, uh, Monica Rodriguez. And online I go by, for the most part, uh, by lease, which I really found out not so recently that it's an actual place in the Netherlands. Uh, and that's now part of my bucket list of places to travel. Um, I'm 23 now, uh, working as a freelancer by doing mostly commissions and basically building up my portfolio for internships and possible jobs in the animation industry. Um, my family is originally from the southern part of Puerto Rico and my parents moved to the northern uh, metropolitan area like uh, let's say at the end of the 90s uh, basically looking for better job opportunities so I'm from this uh, charming rural area uh, called Trujillo Alto Sorry, I built, I'll be saying a few Spanish words here and there. So, um, yeah, and it's basically surrounded border to border, to border uh, by much uh, bigger urban areas. Uh, I, started, I studied animation and film in the School of Plastic Arts and Design of Puerto Rico. Uh, we call it APT, oh. <laughs> um, which is right in front of the like most common of places uh, like when you picture puerto rico in your mind uh which is the spanish forts like uh, mainly mainly the Christ- christopher columbus one and it's always visited by so many tourists when they visit the island so it's hard to miss um and right now i'm continuing uh one of my personal and professional goals Uh, which is mainly having uh, an MFA in animation. And I was so fortunate of being able to reach that in SCAD, although completely virtual, but nonetheless uh, still achieving my goal towards it. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that we were in the same animation class together and that I got to see your work because you're very talented. (laughs) Thank you. So what or who or inspired you to choose an art field for a career? Well, 
I would say there, there were many reasons and experiences that really brought me into this uh, creative professional field. Um, my father's side of the family is full of talented musicians, singers, and painters. Uh, before all my aunts and uncles left for, let's say, uh, greener pastures in Florida and Pennsylvania, uh, each small family reunion was dear to us and we would cherish those moments by singing, playing typical folk songs that were mostly Christian oriented or were sang each year during Christmas, which is a pretty massive holiday uh, here in the island. Um, my grandpa, uh, especially, I would say is the most talented since I was so amazed how he could uh, improvise songs with his guitar and just basically claim a whole room with his melodic tunes. Uh, not only that, but to also create by hand different artwork. Like he painted two whole murals in his backyard. Uh, he even decorates his house, his house easily uh, with just painted cardboard or painted wooden planks. Uh, and he personally, what I believe, he had what I believe the most perfect handwriting mm -hmm. to the point that he would write the school's diplomas with his cursive uh, to basically give you more context. He was a chemistry or physics teacher back in the day. Oh, cool. So he was always tasked with it, with that job. Uh, and I also feel a bit bad because when, when I found out that cursive is probably not being used or taught in schools anymore in favor of like normal handwriting that's close to kind to the kind that computers use. Uh, although I'm not completely sure of that. I just read that in an article once and I don't know if it's already being done at schools. I hope not. Um, so my grandpa and all of my father's side of the family were probably the ones who helped me opened up to the idea of having some kind of creative outlet, just like they had. Um, there was also the fact that I was always surrounded by so many illustration books and interactive games that were helping me in the process of kind of relearning in a way on how to speak clearly since apparently I was slightly deaf uh, when I was a toddler. And I don't remember the exact details of, of how or why, and I probably irritate my mom every time I ask, uh, but you know, the exact medical terms for, for it are not something I easily remember, at least for me personally. So this is all happening uh, around the 2000s. And my parents were also kind of lucky of being able to afford cable TV at the time. That was kind of hard financially. So I basically at a young age was influenced also by all these animators that were popping up in Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon, PBS, Disney Channel, and even on HBO. Uh, something that I noticed later on too uh, was that there weren't many local animation being done in PR, uh, at least that I, that I would remember. Uh, 
but there were some live action kids shows that would include maybe a short clip of animation as a transition to another scene, or it was just used as special effects. There was also one comedy show that did feature it just a bit, but it didn't last long and the animator continued doing uh, like his regular comedy skits. And I think he's even the producer for those shows right now. So it was like all the factors together that influenced me personally to work towards something that I really adored and I still do. And it helped me through even the most toughest of times in my childhood. And I want to be able to create that, that same kind of impact that it had on me. Yeah, you guys are very good at storytelling animators. That's what I found. Point number one, they're really great at storytelling. <laughs> they're great at drawing. They're great at um, creating something that feels like it's living. And uh, yeah, I was uh, floored by the amount of talent in the animation um, program at SCAD for the graduate uh, program. So yeah. what got you interested? Why SCAD? Because there are other programs I've heard. Um, I just, you know, in, in that offer animation for graduate school. Um, what made you want to study at SCAB? Well, I wanted to further refine my animation skills. Well, somewhere that was focused on the career aspect of animation. So last year in 2020, I just graduated from a university that was uh, really focused on the artistic aspect of animation, although it, it did have the professional aspect in some kind of way, I did feel that it was a bit lacking. So they prepared you for things like uh, building project proposals, refining a resume, uh, presenting a short pitch and a few other topics. But compared to SCAD, which has a vast resource of people that are there for you from career advising to preparing your portfolio, it really made a difference. So the contrast was so significant that when I started my first quarter, it was so shocking for me to see so many different career advisors uh, that are present for anything that I plan to do towards my studies and, and my career. Uh, which back then, I, I only had one for specifically academic and career related topics and another for, let's say, emotional stability or just as a huge supporter for any student that really needed it. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, she always she she also has a podcast uh, just to help her out, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, called called me Bari Aventura. Oh. Uh, body being um you know uh stomach barriga uh so it would be like stomach adventure if you translate it <laughs> but it's basically about her journey too but in this case it's like her fitness journey oh that's cool 
cool. Yeah. I mean, nowadays it's so easy to do a podcast. I was shocked. I was like, oh, this is easy. I could do this. I'm not, I have no way a sound engineer, but yeah, that's awesome. That yeah. Yeah. She out. she mainly does it and I think she started on Google oh. and then she transitioned on. I I haven't heard many uh episodes recently since I'm all caught up with SCAD, but yeah, just to you know, help her out. She, she was a really beloved advisor. So I just wanted to get the chance to, you know, get her some listeners. Oh, cool. um, even though, even though you have to know probably Spanish, which is a downside, oh, <laughs> but yeah. I'm sure she can answer back in English. So. Very nice. So, um, I wanted to ask, so what are you more as far as, cause um, with animation, uh, the technique either ends up being 2D or 3D. Do you have a preference on which way you work? Well, I love working with mixed media <laughs> a lot. Yeah. So I sometimes make a watercolor painting okay. and just edit it, arrange it, and even paint details to it on okay. Photoshop. So just imagine a collage in a way, but with different watercolor aspects. Uh, one technique in particular uh, that I always use now that I was able to pass on to my digital work is mainly underpainting because okay. it really pushes the color of the skin to be more vibrant or to be or to make better shadows or highlights like uh, it makes me it makes it more colorful like it if you use instead of black to darken the shadows let's say, and you use uh, blue or purple just to do a small gradient with those tones and later add uh, the browns necessary for the skin color that you want, then it achieves a more uh, vibrant uh, shadow color. So I've also been taking inspiration by, well, so many artists, so it's kind of hard to really uh, boil it down to just one. Uh, but right now, if I had to pick one artist uh, from the top of my mind, uh, with basically every everything that I'm trying to aim for, uh, it would be Ana Rivera. Uh, she's one of my peers from the app, or well, my under, my undergrad, who was both a great artistic inspiration and a great source of professional advice. Uh, right now, she is a freelance concept artist, and she even recently worked in the Cartoon Network studio as a freelancer, uh, last time I checked, and even made some artwork for the DC superhero, uh, La Borinqueña, oh. uh, which is like uh, our, our own uh, Puerto Rican uh, female dedicated superhero. And I haven't read it yet, the, the comics per se, but I'll get around that once I'm able to get the comic issues. Uh, but I've seen the uh, initial concept art and some of the pages, uh, but with no like context of what the story is. But uh, so her work is mostly like uh, these realistic portraits of different characters of TV or stream uh, series or even movies. Uh -huh. 
and she even makes her own uh, character designs and animation uh, that sometimes do follow this realistic style and other times she goes with her own style. Uh, I don't know if I'll reach the same point of her realistic designs, but I do want to work uh, the same gesture that she makes for all her characters and her digital paintings. So maybe at some point I'll get around to using uh, her same painting techniques and maybe even give it my own twist or add other techniques that I've been gaining along the way. Cool. So what do you hope to do when you finish your degree at SCAD, ideally? Well, once I finish, I do plan to apply to as many animation studios that mainly have uh, storyboarding positions. Mm -hmm. Since I think personally that I would be a lot more comfortable working something that is more fast paced since every frame for the storyboard has to be done as quick. Mm -hmm. uh, so the revisions can be done more quickly to keep the process going. So I see myself mainly in that type of position or just as a Toon Boom Harmony animator or 3D character animator. And just keep doing my own digital paintings in the meantime, since I was kind of thinking that I want my work at some point to be exhibited again, but as a solo exhibition. And I plan to do that once I have the right proposal for it and the appropriate amount of work for it. Gotcha. So um, I was thinking back to some of the projects we did in animation. I, I really liked your first project with the mark making and motion and um, <laughs> very consistent with your line work. Are there any tips you can share for new animators for how to be more consistent? Well, uh, first of all, I'm still so very flattered by your compliment. Um, good advice that I can give back is to always observe your subject carefully. Like, I might sound a bit mystical by saying this, but it's like tracing every outline, every shadow, and every highlight with your own sight. Mm -hmm. If you break down your subject, um, be it realistic or fictional, uh, to its basic shape, then it makes it, makes it much easier to train yourself to draw much quicker and understand that same subject for future reference. So this is why personally drawing paint and painting from life rather than pictures is important because there is a big difference when you draw from, from life and it feels more spontaneous. While with a picture, it's a bit uniform and at least if Personally, if I draw from a picture reference, I tend to draw exactly to the picture reference uh, rather than actually giving my own interpretation uh, through what I see from a living reference. So that's how I tend to make better breakdowns of the reference. Cool, thank you so much. Yeah, I do agree drawing from life is um especially this past quarter I think I did so much more of that that I saw a lot more improvements because mm -hmm. probably one of the biggest things that I realized versus as an illustrator we use a lot of photo references 
it's the spatial relationship because there's almost yeah. like a weird disconnect for me like or maybe i'm just getting lazy <laughs> i just <laughs> when i'm drawing from a photograph i forget that that um the camera's already been kind of placed for me and that's what i'm seeing mm -hmm. and then i don't think about how i relate to the objects and the pictures versus if i'm drawing from life i really am the person looking at it i'm the camera and so i'm turning yeah. my head i'm looking up and down and then i'm actually paying attention to the things that are closer that would be a lot bigger because i'll make things generally too small in relationship if i'm just using a photograph so but those are great tips i totally agree with you about that draw from life everybody, <laughs> everybody even if it's, it's always useful it's always yeah. useful yes and um so i was wondering with the next question is um because you're in Puerto Rico, I didn't know if there's much of a difference that you've noticed um, going to SCAD versus your undergrad experience in Puerto Rico. Like, are there differences between your home country's educational system and the US? Well, generally, when it comes to universities, uh, there aren't that much uh, differences other than uh, language, since most of our universities are uh, Spanish speaking. Mm -hmm. But there are sometimes that they, they'll do a slight uh, change for a student to accommodate them. Uh, like if they prefer uh, sometimes to speak in English, then the who, whoever is the instructor then they'll help them out and maybe uh, respond to them in English. Mm -hmm. But uh, in general, I, so I can kind of uh, expand a bit uh, other than universities. Uh, most schools, public or private, uh, will probably have, uh, like I said, their academic subject uh, mostly in Spanish, uh, but their, their curriculum specifically uh, is just a bit different because from elementary school to high school, uh, we're taught English as part of our curriculum. So you're basically, uh, kind of uh, forced in a way to learn English from start to end so you can get to university. And I saw, I've seen that difference uh, in, at least in, in US high schools. Since uh, Spanish there is actually an elective, right? Uh, yes. Or am I wrong? You're totally right. My son is taking Spanish right now. <laughs> so he's taking Spanish for the first time in ninth grade. Um, and they are required to complete, I believe, oh goodness. And when I was in high school, it was two years. It might be more now. It might be three or four. I have to check back with him. But yeah, he'll pick a language and then he has to, you know, they have French, Spanish, I think they yeah. have Latin as well, if you wanted to, but uh, yeah, but that's great. Cause we, Cause we have French as, and French Italian as electives, Ooh. but English is just part of our curriculum. We are supposed to uh, learn English so we can get to our university. Our college board is basically 
the same ex except that uh, I never knew about AP. Like uh, in US high school, you have like AP subjects. We don't have that. Uh, but we do have the uh, SAT, but it's optional. Like if you want to study in the US, uh, then you have the option to, to uh, go through the test. I went through it. Uh, didn't go too great, but yeah, I, I went through it. And yeah, that I would say those are like the major uh, differences between education in the US and here in PR. Oh, okay. So I was wondering though, like say for your projects at undergrad versus graduate school, because I was talking to um, an international student from China and they talked about that in um, their undergrad, the professors are very much more, I guess, guiding and there's a little bit less of freedom in what the student's topic choices might be. Is there do you have do you feel like you get the same amount of free you've had the same amount of freedom or is just different as far as versus your undergrad to graduate experience this is specifically for uh any art school right yeah i mean basically um the other students that i spoke to um they were in uh undergrad in an arts and well an art related program university mm -hmm. for undergrad in China. So I just curious, you know, if you feel like as far as the projects you get to work on and the flexibility and the creativity, is it about the same or, or different? Well, um, first off, I was in the only specialized university for uh, for art. Yeah. So yeah, uh, for our last project, uh we did have certain freedoms but there were always rules for it like let's say um one basic rule was oh if you're gonna do a short film it should be way more than one or two minutes right and if you want a final project to be exhibited then uh you have to bring uh, your own materials. You have to uh, basically uh, try to keep it everything in, the, in, in a 10 by 10 space. Uh, yeah, there, there were basic rules, really. There wasn't, and there was a creative freedom as long as you knew uh, what your intention is with, with your work. Gotcha. So, thank yeah. You. Thank you for explaining. I appreciate that. It's always fascinating to me, people who've had different educational systems, because um, you just, you never know, you can learn something about how they approach things. So I always think it's interesting how different countries, you know, I mean, everybody gets educated. It's just, it's just how they different yeah. you know, culture and how all that plays into their education system. So it's, it's pretty cool. So um, I'm down to the last few questions. So um, if you could go back in a time machine, what would you tell your younger self that would be helpful for your art journey? Well, I'm a bit contradicting uh, and it might seem kind of off. Uh, 
I wouldn't really go back. <laughs> I feel that I went through every possible resource to get where I am. Uh, I went from architecture workshops to fashion summer camps to a local artist studio to a local art league uh, to an art un like art and design college in Baltimore, mm -hmm. uh, MICA, right? Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. And that finally taught me what it takes to create my own animation. I was basically always persistent when I was young and I still am. So I feel that even if I had the chance, I would leave it kind of untouched uh, because I feel that I had a lot of passion to create and design even at a young age. And that is a strong sentiment that continues to drive me towards my professional objective. Mm -hmm. And I would never really change that. Uh, but as a side note, <laughs> I would say, hey, you should try those watercolors a bit more and don't download the torrent of paint tool side. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's always a, that's good advice. I mean, it's great. Um, try new things and be open to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was wondering, because we're all stuck kind of with this pandemic and we've been kind of stuck inside, <laughs> I feel like work-life balance kind of gets um, out of whack. Um, is there anything you've done to kind of keep things, I guess, balanced with your work? And that means, um, because I had people ask me like, well, I'm a student or I'm freelancing or, you know, so it, all of that, like your family, your friends, your um, student work, your professional work, how do you keep them all balanced? Well, every day that I can use my own free time, mostly on holidays though, uh, I use it as much as I can to share some time with my family. Uh, we used to go frequently to my parents' hometown uh, down in the south of PR. Uh, but now we just use that time to go around different towns and just discover new things uh, around those same towns, mainly restaurants. <laughs> We're big lovers of our own local food, uh, like every other Puerto Rican. Awesome. And I try my best to just keep a schedule and just write everything down. Like I, I tend to forget everything. So I write everything down. Mm -hmm. uh, also make my own personal agenda. And right now with everything that's going on virtually, uh, well, I've been planning everything with Google Calendar, which really helps. Me too. I've been on my phone and I just will put all my assignments in and then anything from outside meetings meeting up with friends and family i do agree it's helpful because i'll get the notifications i'll be like set that for one day ahead reminder like i had to i have to do yeah. <laughs> i forget i literally like in the i don't know about you but do you feel like the days just kind of roll because like i have literally felt like i'm stuck in my house uh except for the times i have to go out or whatever so it mm -hmm. feels like the days kind of like monday and tuesday feel the same so does wednesday thursday and friday I feel like Sunday and Monday is almost the same. Like it, oh. I feel like Monday is just another free day, a free day sometimes. Gotcha, gotcha. So um, 
At the end of your life, you've created all the art and animations you've wanted, and there could be nothing left but three final truths that you leave behind. What would they be? Uh, wait, so leaving behind after death or? Yeah, a lot of people get confused because it seems like such a heavy question, but I think as artists, we always do the default answer. Well, I would leave behind my artwork. So my question is, if you can't leave behind your artwork as something, as a, as a legacy of a leave behind for yourself, what have you learned from living your life that you, that besides art that are important to you? Okay. Does that make sense? Um, I could definitely tell, like probably you'd probably say family because you brought your family up a couple of times, <laughs> how much you love your family. So, no, yeah, uh, but these kinds of questions like, are the fuel of existential crisis. <laughs> um, no, definitely one final truth. Uh, I just hope that my, like if I uh, at some point uh, get children, uh, that they, they don't get proud of what I did. Uh, I just want them to look back on my work maybe and get some inspiration just like I got the same inspiration from my family and I at some point would want them to exhibit it or you know show show it off like oh my my mom was actually an animator <laughs> uh so yeah that's one final truth uh a second final truth I guess uh after I'm done finishing all, all the art that I've always wanted, right? I would want to travel. So I'll be a big uh, traveler <laughs> uh, during that time period. And I guess knitting will be my new art form. <laughs> That's great. Okay, so where can people see your artwork since this is the, a podcast? And I know that after listening to this, they'll probably be curious about what you what you make. Um, can you t share your social media website with us? So right now I have an Instagram at, at lease, L-I-S-S-E underscore S-R-M. Uh, and my art station with the same name, just type down artstation.com slash lease underscore SRM. Great. Well, Monica, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, I hope you enjoy what little break we have left. <laughs> <laughs> and by the time people hear this, we'll have actually already finished spring quarter. So, but everybody yeah. listening um, to My Creative Life.